Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. The United States is wishing Ukraine a happy Independence Day with a $3 billion military aid package. What's in that package and what does it say about uh, where the United States is, what the commitment is to Ukraine and the war going on with Russia? So we're staying with the conversation uh, as it relates to all things Ukraine, what's going on in there. We're really pleased to have joining us on the program Alexander Ward, national security reporter at Politico, had a great piece in Politico uh, about the three billion uh, on uh, Independence Day, and uh, just a, an interesting time in Ukraine. And Alexander, thanks for joining us. And as you as you look at this, uh, so first let's start with what's what is in this particular round of uh, funding and assistance coming from the United States to Ukraine. Yeah, so it's three billion dollars, and actually of uh, quite a lot of things. Um, it is you could it has you know the the national advanced surface to air missile systems known as ASAM, 20, uh, 245,000 rounds of 155 milliliter artillery ammunition, 65,000 rounds of 120 milliliter uh, 120 millimeter uh, mortar ammunition, 24 counter artillery radars, Puma drones, a counter drone program known as Vampire, uh, laser guided rocket systems, and funding for training, etc. Now, interestingly, this is all part of the Ukrainian Security Assistance Initiative, known as USAI, which means that instead of taking these weapons directly from the U.S. stockpile uh, and giving them to Ukraine, this is going to be bought from industry, which means that a lot of these systems won't be on the Ukrainian battlefield anywhere from you know weeks to months to years. This is a much more sort of medium to long term package than it is an immediate one. Uh, OK. And so how does that impact everything in terms of what? Uh, Ukraine continues to ask for in terms of help. If this is more in that kind of that longer range uh, space, what is it that they need now? Is this uh, are they finding this to be the helpful thing, or is there are there other things that they're looking at uh, that they feel like they need at this point? Well, look, if you talk to the Ukrainians, they're gonna they want long range missiles like Attackums. They want fighter jets. I mean, they want it all. And then who could blame them, right? Why not have more weapons? To, to fight off the Russians uh, than fewer. Um, in this case, what the Americans are offering is basically what they think the Ukrainians can use right now, what's needed for, for the current stage of the war, which is mostly the artillery uh, needs and, and long-range fighting, uh, and or longer-range fighting, actually not long-range fighting. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, it's mostly that at this point. And, of course, you have the you know Brits and others offering their own sort of weapons to the Ukrainians, but it, right now, it sort of seems to be that the Americans are willing, don't, don't want anything that could be sent to Ukraine that they could use against uh, Russia, sort of, you know, deep inside Russia. Um, at this point, they're just trying to keep everything within the confines of Ukraine's sovereign territory. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, as you alluded to earlier and in your piece today, uh, talking about the fact that out of the $6.3 billion that was appropriated under that SAIA, uh, USAI, excuse me, uh, that... Uh, there was still a big chunk of that $4.5 billion that hadn't been used. And so this will take a big chunk of that. Uh, but what does that mean in terms of the, kind of the, the path forward, uh, in, especially as we look at things like winter weather coming and that's going to change the dynamic of the battlefield? What are some of the things you're watching in that space? Yeah, I mean, this is sort of what we're all waiting to see is that, you know, as winter approaches, you know, who really, who really has the best logistics, who can really, you know, weather the storm. And uh, it does seem, you talk, you know, the, the opinions differ, but mostly what they, you know, the Russians still have much more artillery. They have a lot more weapons um, that this could give them an advantage. But the Ukrainians do have the motivation to keep repelling the invasion of their country. 
Um, and so maybe this comes down to what more the U.S. artists could provide, or it could just come down really to um, troop morale, which is, which is an underappreciated but very important part of all of this. But again, I think what's important to know is that what is being offered here in this $3 billion package, well, what might arrive by winter and probably should would be the ammunition, mm. right? All those other sort of longer, those drones, a lot of those howitzers, that kind of stuff, or the Nathans, I should say, uh, that's not going to arrive for a while, right? Industry needs to yeah. make them. Now, someday they might have some off the shelf, but not the entirety that's being offered here. And what we are also aware of is that there is $1.5 billion in this USAI uh, you know, fund to continue to purchase more things for Ukraine as needed. And there's lots more in the Presidential Drawdown Authority, which is the authority that per- allows uh, the weapons to be taken from the U.S. military stockpiles. There's more of that to give, too. So uh, that's a lot nimbler, and I would expect to see more of those uh, packages in the near future. You mentioned some of the uh, other countries. You mentioned the U.K. in terms of what they're doing. What are other countries beyond the U.S. and the U.K. uh, doing both in terms of funds, weapons, uh, military assistance? A whole range of things. You know, a lot of it's first aid. A lot of it is drones. A lot of it is missiles, rockets, uh, you know, really whatever other countries can spare. There's some criticism at the moment uh, that, you know, European nations aren't providing as much as they could. Um, in, in part, we perhaps fear that, you know, Russia is going to completely cut off the energy tap as, as winter approaches. Others, because, you know, why way deeper into a war, especially when they know that the U.S. is going to give billions of dollars. Um, so, but otherwise, I mean, if they're not giving as much as the U.S. in terms of sheer quantity, I mean, we are giving a lot of money. I think now the count in total is around $15 billion mm-hmm. in weapons assistance since February 24th, so in the last six months. Um uh, so, but yeah, that's 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 about it at this point. Yeah, and so as you kind of look at this interesting inflection point, uh, which you know co- corresponds uh, in a, in a very fascinating way, the six months into this war and and Russia's invasion. Uh, of course, it was uh, on this date in 1991 that uh, Ukraine got its independence from Soviet Union and Russia. Uh, where where do you sense that we are? The people that you're talking to. Uh, how do they perceive this, especially as we kind of do that look forward into the fall and, and winter months? I would say that, you know, we, we're going to be living with the Ukraine war for quite some time. Uh, we are six months in. You know, we are probably many more months to go, years to go. Uh, we're at the point now where you know, Ukraine does not want to give up any part of its uh, sovereignty. They're trying to take back parts of Crimea, or all of Crimea, I should say, and, and the eastern part, territories of Donetsk and Luhansk. You know, Russia, especially Vladimir Putin, is, is uninterested in giving up, despite things going poorly for, the, for them, and no one wants to reach any, some, any peace deal. And no one supporting Ukraine wants to move towards a peace deal at this point, because they're leaving that up to the Ukrainians to decide for themselves. Um, and so until there is sort of a decisive advantage it's unlikely that the war stops at any point uh, soon, and it, and no one can foresee really anyone else getting the upper hand because they are at such a stalemate, and it's likely that, especially as winter approaches, that stalemate sort of gets locked in because it's even harder to break through with, with such harsh conditions. Yeah, great insight, Alexander Ward, national security reporter at Politico. Alexander, thanks for joining us today. Great insight, uh, as always. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, again, that's Alexander Ward, national security reporter at Politico. And again, as we mark this six months into Russia's invasion of Ukraine uh, and the war that has followed 
and also looking back to 1991 on this date when Ukraine uh, received its independence. And so here we are, and it's one of those interesting things to me in terms of will that commitment hold? Will Europe hold in particular? Will Vladimir Putin really try to put the squeeze on Europe and try to further fray uh, the unified commitment to Ukraine as he tries to squeeze off some of the energy resources that Europe uh, so desperately relies on, especially in the winter months? And so we're going to be watching all of that very closely. The resolve of the Ukrainian people continues to be extraordinary. The leadership uh, of President Zelensky continues to inspire the people of Ukraine and so many others all around the world. And again, this will be a tough and long slog is uh, what everyone seems to agree with. And with winter approaching, uh, that challenge is only going to get greater. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, it's going to be pivot. The last of the primaries are almost done. We'll talk about it coming up next on Inside Sources. Stay with us. <laughs> 